you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's a fresh hour of NFL Now. Mike, I'm with you. So much to get to. In fact, we'll recap uh, what happened last night. A little TNF action. We'll put Deontay Foreman's night into perspective. But there is some significant injury news that continues to trickle in to the NFL Network newsroom. We will start with Josh Allen watch. And yes, everyone has been focusing in on his availability on Sunday. Of course, he got banged up Sunday in that loss to the Jets. Didn't see him at practice Wednesday. Didn't see him at practice again on Thursday. And in the open session today, he was not out there. If he can't go, Case Keenum would get the start. Here's his head coach, Sean McDermott, addressing the media. I heard you just say hour by hour here, literally with Josh. What if any, can you give us detail-wise in terms of progress you've seen in whatever capacity he's been working this week? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to do that right now, John, um, because he hasn't practiced. Um, so we are literally in a hour-to-hour um, situation here, just looking at how he's going to progress through the day and as he goes through his different tests medically, um, making sure that he's able to check um, the box, the box is in a progression to where we can see if we can proceed um, through the course of the day here. Sounds like a really tenuous situation. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport is with us for more. Ian, what more can you add to the situation regarding Josh Allen? Josh Allen dealing with that UCL injury, the elbow sprain that uh, is not surgical, something my understanding he can manage his way through, which is why they are being so kind of up in the air, wishy-washy, whatever, because you don't really know how he's going to respond. You don't know how he's going to respond today uh, compared to yesterday and, and everything going forward. So there really is a lot to evaluate for the Buffalo Bills. But he was not spotted at practice by reporters at the beginning of practice, although uh, there are some local reporters who mentioned that they saw him in a jersey walking out to practice. We'll see if he ends up being listed as limited or DNP. Uh, and the reality is the Buffalo Bills have plenty of time, right? They don't need to declare a starter right now. If they're really, if he really truly is questionable, they could simply label him as that and figure it out tomorrow or on Sunday morning. Seems to me, just reading the tea leaves, that it's unlikely he plays. But, you know, it's an elbow, it's a nerve, uh, and things can always change quickly. So we'll see what the final injury report says before making any determination. Ian, you know, in the last hour we were talking about quarterbacks and some health issues. You gave us an update on Kyler Murray, but there's actually more to add now. Cliff Kingsbury talking about his quarterback status. What is it? Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals head coach, saying that his quarterback is going to be a game-time decision. He was at practice today. That is a very good sign for his availability. Also at practice yesterday. So two good practices in a row. We'll see if he was limited today or full, but two practices in a row with no setbacks. Usually points a player to being on the field, but Kingsbury has said officially he is a game-time decision. Still awaiting word on what is going to happen at Rams practice. Does Matthew Stafford practice? Is he able to? Does he progress through the protocol enough to where they say he at least has a chance to play? 
If not, and it seems like it's leaning closer to the if not category, if not, then you're likely to get John Walford in as the starting quarterback. He is a Rams backup. He's not very well known, very respected in the building, and someone I know they think highly of, so certainly there is a chance we see him. Ian, some encouraging news from a Pittsburgh perspective, and I haven't been able to say that a lot this season. No, you have not. And, and yes, there's been some very good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. T.J. Watt is back. Watt, of course, who tore his pectoral muscle, not tendon, but muscle about seven weeks ago, has not played since, has been rehabbing, told reporters in the locker room today that he's good to go. He's got no snap count. He is resuming his starting spot. Everything is basically like it was. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have relied on his presence on the edge so, so, so much over the course of the last several years, and obviously when he's not been in there, the drop-off has been dramatic. They get one of the best defensive players in football back this Sunday. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him back on the football field just wreaking havoc. Ian, always appreciate the insight and the details, and I know if there's anything else that trickles in before we finished up, you got us covered. All right, we'll check in on TNF from last night. Yeah, in the last hour here on NFL Now, Mark Ross is telling us about this culture reset and guys wanting to play for each other. You covered the Carolina perspective, so I'll ask you about Atlanta now. Some throws that I'm sure Marcus Mariota would love to have back. Should we be thinking about a quarterback change in the ATL? Yeah, without a doubt there. You know, when they drafted Desmond Ritter, the rookie this year, you always thought it was at what point are they going to get Desmond Ritter because I didn't have a whole lot of faith that Marcus Mariota would be able to keep the job throughout the season or perform at a high level. And look, they've done a wonderful job this year so far, Atlanta, in being in the mix of that poor NFC South. If they won the game last night, would have still been in the lead of the division. But Marcus Mariota, you saw all his flaws last night, and namely the accuracy. You know, only 62% uh, ac completion percentage throughout the season. Had that terrible interception last night laying on the ground. And I think the biggest indictment of his accuracy is that Kyle Pitts has just been a non-factor. And when you've got who I thought was the most gifted tight end that, that I've ever scouted, and he's just, you don't even know he's on the field unless Mariota's sailing balls over his head, you know, that's the biggest problem. Now, I think with Arthur Smith uh, and, and Mariota's provided key plays there here and there, but just not the consistency. And Arthur Smith, I think, will not take him out just because they are still in the mix and not put it with the rookie. But if Mariota keeps stringing together these games and Atlanta's out of it, uh, Mike, you have to go with the rookie to see what you have there for the for the seat for this season, but also for the future. Yeah, it was wild. You know, Mark, I was sitting next to you on draft night. We were doing our coverage on NFL.com. And uh, if memory serves me correct, you actually thought this was a good fit for Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. So you know, sooner rather than later, I mean, we might actually see this change actually go down. Mark, always appreciate the insight, man. And I know you're going to be joining us in just a couple minutes for a little bit more. Uh, let's focus in, though, on a matchup that's not being played in the States. In fact, we're going to Munich here. How about it's the Seahawks and the Bucks? An opportunity to see them for the first time on German soil. Practicing, there's the GOAT, an opportunity to get another international win. In fact, he is undefeated in those situations. He's got a pretty good target in Mike Evans. Sarah Walsh found him. Mike, fresh off the field here at uh... FC Bayern's place. What has it been like so far in your short time in Germany? We had a lot of travel. Uh, guys are a little, little sleepy, but uh, this is an awesome moment for us. A lot of guys first time out the country. So this is a pretty cool moment, and we're taking advantage of it. We know that we've heard Byron say each and every week that this offense is close. What gives you the confidence that this could be the week we see this offense turn a corner? 
because we, we watched the film and we, we're right there. We're just making a little mental errors here and there that we have to clean up and we feel like it's the time to do that. So hopefully come Sunday, we can put it all together. What do you expect out of this atmosphere on Sunday? What have you been told? I already know it's been crazy so far, so I can only imagine what it's going to be like uh, at the stadium. Uh, we just hope we put on a great show for the fans. Still feels like no one's necessarily wants that division. The point's been made here on NFL Now. At least the Bucks have the talent. We will see that on display Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on NFL Network and NFL Plus. There's another game that's got our attention. Mike McCarthy, who spent 13 seasons as the Packers head coach, won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, making his return to Lambeau. His former quarterback, Rodgers, talking about that moment on the field. You know, I think as time goes by, the gratitude for that time as you look back on the journey of your career is, uh, you know, goes up a little bit. And you appreciate the little things a little bit more uh, because really this game and life is about the journey. And uh, I'll always be, uh, be tied with him uh, because of the connection that we had and the years we spent together. Uh, obviously my longest tenured coach, longest tenured play caller. Um, thankful for those years and thankful maybe a little bit more as uh, the, the years go by. All right, a lot of emotions around this game. Jane Slater is with us right now. Jane, you get an opportunity to talk to a lot of these players inside that Cowboys locker room. What are they saying about their head coach and this return to Lambeau? You know, it's interesting. In the three years that Mike McCarthy has been here, it was sort of hard to get a feel for what he's brought to the locker room. Obviously, the first year was a little tricky with the technology and the COVID rules, but I've slowly start to see this relationship between the players and Mike develop. And, you know, I did specifically ask Ezekiel Elliott uh, about this on Wednesday, and he said he loved the fact, and I thought this was interesting because there's been such a narrative about Mike McCarthy not being open to constructive criticism from his players, which was kind of an interesting one. It was Zeke who offered that up. He said they have a leadership council and they love the fact that they can go to Mike McCarthy, give him some feedback, and he's typically pretty receptive to it. Uh, he's also really good at making sure they preserve their bodies, the veteran rest days, and listening to guys like Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz when they played the Giants, saying they weren't quite ready to play. So some interesting feedback there, but also as much as we talk about this as a return game, for Mike McCarthy, keep in mind that 2016 game where Dak Prescott was a rookie, him and Ezekiel Elliott went up there. They got a monster road win. Remember, it was 30-16. He had three touchdowns over 250 yards, and it really solidified him becoming the franchise guy when Tony Romo was healthy and getting ready to come back. So that was an interesting one to watch. Here's another storyline I'm watching in Dallas. We talked about this earlier this week, Mikey M., OBJ. Oh, yeah. I've talked to a number of reporters this market. I've covered the Cowboys uh, for 10 years, and I can tell you I've never seen them openly petition for a free agent the way that they have for OBJ. I'd caught up with Jerry Jones a few weeks ago on the sidelines ahead of free agency and said, you know, are you guys going to be active? And he said it would take a Deion Sanders-type player. He goes on the fan and says he loves the fact that his players are talking about OBJ because it was reminiscent of how they felt about Deion Sanders when he brought him in. So what's the holdup? There's been a lot of talk, no action in Dallas. I talked to a couple of sources on this. A source with knowledge of the situation tells me that OBJ absolutely considers the Dallas Cowboys a possibility, but he is waiting to see what the playoff picture looks like before he makes a decision. You know, he's 30 years old. He's got these two ACL injuries on the left knee. The Cowboys, for their part, want to make sure that they can get him in the building, work him out, get their medical staff to get a hand 
on that knee, make sure that everything is copacetic. But again, there's a lot of smoke here and there's been a lot of smoke. I always joke during free agency time, it's attach your name to the Cowboy season because it helps run up the numbers. This feels like it could absolutely be a fit and one that a lot of us that are covering this team are certainly keeping an eye on. Uh, but I don't think it's any coincidence that we're hearing guys like Dak. And by the way, the wide receivers room, CeeDee Lamb, who's supposed to be the number one guy this year, sort of struggled with that. You think he might be a little salty about it. These guys are all in, likening it to bringing in a guy like Amari Cooper, who allowed them all to have those gaudy numbers when he was here. Jane, you, you want to stay busy, don't you? I mean, it'd be kind of cool if he ends up in a Dallas uniform. It's never I mean, a dull day here. No, not at all. You'll be on NFL now. You'll be on Total Access. <laughs> we'll, we'll run the gamut, and you know we're going to be focusing in on that story as it continues to unfold. There's smoke, there's fire. That's usually what we say. Jane, always great stuff. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Mike Ann with you back here on NFL Now. It's a Week 10 matchup. The Giants getting to host the Texans for a little bit more. Judy Batista is with us. All right, Judy, from a, a look, I'm a Giants fan. I'm not going to lie. So from a Giants <laughs> perspective, I'm smiling ear to ear. But how do you think this team handles some of the prosperity that they've had? Well, that's a big question. And I'll be frank, I never thought we would be having this conversation <laughs> this season, how to handle prosperity. But here we are wow. uh, with the six and two start. They've shown a lot of metal, uh, for instance, in coming from behind. I actually think that's something they'd like to improve on. They'd like to get out to faster starts in the second half of the season. But this week, Brian Dayball, the head coach, was actually asked, have you sort of addressed with the team the playoff possibilities that you, you find yourself in now? And he... But no, this is the quote. He said, we just live in the moment. If you get too far ahead of yourself, again, it brings you back to reality real quick. Okay, well, I'll do it for them. Teams that start seven and two on the season make the playoffs 91.9% of the time. So this is a huge game. They have an opportunity here. They have two straight home games against the Texans and against the Lions teams that have been struggling. They have a real opportunity to get to eight and two and then go into Dallas on Thanksgiving. That would be a huge showdown game. To get to that point, what do they have to do? Well, you mentioned Seattle actually did a really good job bottling up the run. They took away Daniel Jones's rushing games. They rushing lanes. They bottled up Saquon Barkley really well. But the Texans have the worst rush defense in the entire league, so the Giants need to get back to running the ball with both Saquon and Daniel Jones. That has been their formula in the first half of the season, and it's fairly clear that is going to be the formula that if they are going to get to the playoffs, that's the formula that will get them there. You know it would be kind of cool too, Judy? Like not trailing in a game, just sort of see what it happens. They've trailed in every game so far this season. They've kept it close. They've executed down the stretch, but playing with fire every week. I don't I, know. I think Dayball would like that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, let's just, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool, but let's let's just roll with it and see if this offense can get going out of the gates. Judy, always appreciate the context. We'll hear from you in just a little bit. All right, let's keep it in the division. Jalen Hurts, he's won each of his last 11 regular season starts. It's the longest streak by an Eagles quarterback since they've been tracking this thing. 
since 1950. Only other quarterback with a longer regular season winning streak in the last five seasons. Lamar Jackson won 11 starts of his 2019 Yes MVP campaign for those who do remember that very well. Wasn't all that long ago. Still is waiting to get paid. Just throwing that out there. Mark Ross with us for right now. All right, Mark, from an Eagles perspective, how do we keep this thing going? Because I, I hate using the term trap game, but it's a divisional matchup. I don't know. Commanders, to me, got a little swag going. So how, how do we keep the good times rolling in Philly? Well, you know, you're a Giants fan, so you won't like what I'm going to say right here, Yammer. And I've worked for both teams yes. from Philly. But, you know, let's start. Let's forget this Washington game. Let's talk about can this Eagles team go undefeated the rest of the season, these last nine games. And when you look at their schedule, they'll probably be favored in all the games the rest of the way. The tough stretch is in December where they have to go at the Giants, at Chicago, and then at Dallas on Christmas Eve. That's the tough stretch there. I think they'll be favored in two of those games, the New York and Chicago game. We'll see how Dallas uh, it goes from here until that game. They may be favored. Dallas may be favored in that game. But of course, there's always those slip ups. But when I look at this Eagles team, they're so well coached. Nick Sirianni has done an outstanding job, coach of the year candidate. But they have so much talent and they're so well balanced where every aspect of their team, Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP level. They can run the ball with Miles Sanders, playmakers with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, the offensive line, one of the best in the league. And then on the defensive side of the ball, at every level, they can rush the passer. Now they got Robert Quinn in there to add to that. They can stop the run. Playmakers in this secondary with big play slay at James Bradbury. So there really is no area where you look at the Eagles team and say, okay, this is a weakness. They're, it's all strengths at each level of this team. And I think they'll be focused. And I, don't, I think they'll avoid a, a trap game. If the team beats them, yeah. they're going to have to earn a victory against Philly. Possibly your Giants there in New York there again. We know yeah. how things get crazy there in the Meadowlands. They, they usually do, but you're right about this Philly team. You can make an argument. One of the best teams, if not the best, on both offense and defense. Bills certainly come to mind. Niners, if they're healthy, also one of those teams. So not a lot of flaws here. Um, Mark, despite the fact that you're not picking them against the Giants, um, we'll have you back a little <laughs> bit later, all right? Oh, good. By the way, Mark, I got a little side hustle for you, just in case you're looking. The Super Bowl coming to Phoenix in February 2023. The Contemporary Service Corporation is hosting a Super Bowl 57 hiring event taking place at State Farm Stadium Saturday, November 12th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Got part-time event staff, security positions available, so don't miss an opportunity to come to State Farm Stadium and interview on the spot for a position, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's Super Bowl 57 to learn more and register for an interview. You can go to csc-usa.com slash phoenix events to rock and roll. Not sure if you heard, but we got a game in Germany. Let's go. Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. It's the Seahawks and the Bucks. We got Geno Smith, certainly in that conversation for MVP. And it's the GOAT trying to figure things out. NFL Network, NFL Plus, and of course, a little bit more on this matchup coming up later here on NFL Now. All right, we got some fast facts for you. Speaking of Seattle, you know, this dude's been a monster. The rookie running back, Kenneth Walker, he scored one or more rushing touchdowns in five straight games. In fact, former running back and one of our good buds, Maurice Jones-Drew, holds the rookie record right now for consecutive games with one or more rushing touchdowns in NFL history with eight. He won't say it, but I'm going to say it. Like, I, I don't know if MJD wants that thing going down, that record. He likes owning stuff like that. Eagles, 29th team in Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era to start 8-0. Eight of the previous 28 
went on to win the Super Bowl. The last team to do it, the Saints, back in 2009. Mark Ross was just telling us that this team doesn't have many flaws. Maybe we are talking about that as a Super Bowl winner at the end of the year. Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill leading the NFL with 1,104 receiving yards this season. Keep in mind, he's also had three quarterbacks. In fact, he still needs 86 yards or more this week against the Browns to surpass Julio Jones for the most by any player in the first 10 games of the season in the Super Bowl era. 86 yards? That dude might get it in the first half alone. He has been that good this season. I don't know if you could point to another dude that has had a better Outside of some of the quarterbacks out there, I mean, he might be the offensive player of the year. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's new right now here on NFL Now. We have been monitoring and checking in on the status of Matthew Stafford, who, according to Sean McVay, who just said a few minutes ago, he will practice today in limited fashion. He's been in concussion protocol, so it is good that he is going to be back on the practice field, hopefully trending towards playing against Arizona this coming weekend. Meanwhile, Josh Allen, major story all week as they host the Minnesota Vikings. Good to see him wearing a uniform out on the field. As far as the status goes, Sean McDermott said he's day-to-day, quote, hour-to-hour. So still waiting to find out as we creep a little bit closer to the game on Sunday if he's going to be able to suit it up and actually get out onto the field. Meanwhile, Justin Fields, three straight games with at least one passing and one rushing touchdown. Only had one of those games in his career before this stretch. He has been terrific using his legs, and all of a sudden that Chicago offense looks a whole lot more dynamic for a deeper dive on Justin Fields and some other topics happening around the NFL. Brad Spielberger from PFF. He's one of their NFL analysts. He joins us now. Brad, take me through this. What has changed in terms of this offense? More specifically, what's changed with Justin Fields and what we're seeing from him? Yeah, over the last three weeks, Justin Fields has 13 rushes of 10 or more yards, the most of any player, not just quarterbacks. An underrated reason as to why the Bears have found success utilizing Justin Fields as a runner with 5 to 10 design rushes per game and some passing concepts that are one read and take off is because of the coverages they're facing, and it plays into this weekend. After the Bears' Thursday night loss to Washington, Fields was our lowest-graded quarterback against man coverage and about middle of the pack against zone. Since that bye, they've played the New England Patriots, who are second in man coverage, and the Dolphins, who are fourth. Man versus zone differs in a lot of different ways, but one key element is where the key, where the eyes of defensive backs are. In man coverage, they're not facing the quarterback. In zone, they are. So when he takes off and gets to the second level against man cover corners, they have to turn around, flip their hips, find where he is, and he's so good at using the full width of the field, manipulating angles and leverage, and that's why he's leading the NFL in explosive rushes. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day, Brad. It's almost like watching... A little bit of Vic. I mean, I don't want to go that far, but he, he kind of moves like that. It's actually a ton of fun to watch. There's another quarterback in the league, Brad, that also moves, maybe not like what we're seeing from Justin Fields, but certainly could pick up some huge chunk yardage, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Do you think we should be talking about him more for MVP consideration? 
Yeah, he's the odds-on favorite, and he should be. You know, I think we focus a lot on how he's adapted to the loss of Tyreek Hill, which we should because he's on pace for 2,000 yards. Um, but there may not be enough discussion about how Mahomes has overcome shaky play at tackle. Uh, he had two great bookends early in his career in Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, who were top 10 in the rate of pressure allowed against him. This year, his tackles have allowed the fourth highest rate of pressure. Um, he's still top five in PFF passing grade when pressured, so he's overcoming that. Back to the subject of wide receivers, though. He's averaging 9.7 yards per attempt when targeting just wide receivers, which is the fourth best mark in the NFL. You now add in Kadarius Toney from the New York Giants, the former first-round pick. He's probably going to get even better as he develops more chemistry, which should scare a lot of opponents. And last but not least, there's been this theme all season of teams playing more and more too high coverage or middle of field open. It's a trend that, frankly, Mahomes probably had a lot to do with when he was tearing up the NFL to start his career. So now, teams shifted to playing a lot of too high safeties, limiting passing games, and it, it gave him problems last year, but he's adjusted, he's gotten better at taking what the defense gives him underneath, not trying to find Tyree Kill downfield all the time, and he's top six in PFF passing grade against both middle of field open, too high safety, and middle of field closed, single high safety. So are we net out? He's really good, really good. Uh, I think we got a, a sneaky good game. I'm, I'm kind of hoping this both of these teams get a little bit healthier on Sunday night. We got Chargers and Niners. Is there a matchup or two that you're really keyed in on? I think the biggest mismatch might just be physicality. Uh, you know, the, the 49ers are a smash mouth football team and the Chargers, they struggle on defense. They continue to allow the second highest EPA per rush allowed and they have the fifth highest rate of missed tackles. Meanwhile, the 49ers lead the NFL with seven yards after the catch per reception, which that number might continue to climb with Christian McCaffrey in the fold, Debo Samuel now healthy, and their sixth, their offensive line is sixth in yards before contact created per rushing attempt. So you have an injured, you know, Chargers defensive front, they might get really, you know, decimated up front. I think the interesting matchup will be Derwin James, the safety. He played 17 snaps on the edge last week. He would played 22 the entire season before that. So I think it helps you against the run. But then George Kittle, the star tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, might get some better mass ups in the passing game. So it's kind of this, this cat and mouse game there. And then you mentioned the injuries. Mike Williams not expected to play for the Chargers. Keenan Allen still dealing with that hamstring injury from week one. Austin Eckler has been great. He leads the NFL uh, among running backs in receptions and receiving yards. Unfortunately, the 49ers are allowing the fourth lowest yards per uh, reception to running backs. So just not a great matchup for, for the Los Angeles Chargers in a lot of ways. Yeah, Josh Palmer, keep your eye on him. He's been targeted a whole lot the last couple of weeks at this point. You mentioned Derwin James. Brad, for me, if there's like I'm going down a dark alley, he's probably like the last dude I want to see see there, man. He is intimidating as they come in the league. Always appreciate your insight. And once again, it's the PFF forecast, PFF wire. You can catch more from Brad on those shows as well. Thanks again, man. Thank you. It is new right now. It is just coming into the NFL Network newsroom just moments ago. And this is kind of a buzzkill at this point. The Colts placing Shaquille Leonard on IR. He's been banged up most of this season. He was dealing with the concussion, the broken nose. He's only played in week four, eight, and nine. And now, because of a back and ankle injury, he is going to be on IR. This just continues to get worse for this Colts team. Meanwhile, we got a little bit of optimism here. Rams head coach Sean McVay saying that Matthew Stafford will be practicing today on a limited fashion. Now, he was dealing with concussion. He was in protocol, so we weren't exactly sure about his status. But at this point, it looks like he might be trending in the right direction. I mean, better to be on the football field in a limited way than not on the football field at all. For a little bit more on this team, Caleb Burton is with us. You got to hang with the squad yesterday. All right, so take me through this. If Stafford can't go, what's the situation looking like? If Stafford can't go, John Wolford 
will most likely yeah. will be going. I mean, that's the situation for the Rams right now. But as you just mentioned, really good news for Matthew Stafford. It's still up in the air. He is going to practice at a limited pace today. He has not practiced at all this week. And John Wolford will be substituting in if he is a no-go. Wolford, by the way, as Cooper Cup calls him, the Wolf of Wall Street, he made an impact back in 2020. His first career regular season game so happened to be in 2020, week 17, Ironically, against the Arizona Cardinals, which is the exact team that the Rams are playing this Sunday. And he made an impact. This is an athletic quarterback who clinched a playoff berth that very same game. 22 of 38, 231 yards, a touchdown, 50-plus rush yards. So this guy can do it. He's feeling confident. He also said earlier this week he's preparing as though he is the starter. That has not changed his mindset since he's been in that locker room for now four years. Uh, so John Wolford looked to him to be a go of Stafford does not play on Sunday. All right, let's flip this to the defense because this is a team that's three and five coming off of a Super Bowl. I don't know how many people would have anticipated this. At times, there's going to be some frustration. Jalen Ramsey let some of that frustration out mm -hmm. when he was talking to the media. What are some of the guys inside that locker room saying about his comments about the offense needing to get things done? Well, they're saying that this is Jalen Ramsey, the all-pro corner. This is a player who is a competitor. He has that dog mentality, and he showcased that in their game on Sunday. He said, for those of you who don't know, that he was obviously frustrated that the defense had to go back on. He said they shouldn't have to go back on. They got several stops. Tom Brady, of course, giving him the ball back with just under a minute to go is a problem. That shouldn't be the case, considering the offense for the Rams had the opportunity to close out the game. Well, head coach Sean McVay also said that Jalen Ramsey would say the same thing if this was a defensive perspective. He says this is a guy who means well. And Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, checks in with Ramsey after every single game. He checked in with him. He made sure that he's okay on the same page. And they actually love that he has that mentality. And for the offense right now, offensive coordinator Liam Cohen says they have to be more efficient, specifically on those first and second down. Right now, the Rams are a bottom five team when it comes to first and second down conversions. Also bottom five when it comes to scoring, which is really what matters when you are struggling on that side, averaging just over 16 points per game. It's got to get better. And maybe it happens against this Arizona squad because we still don't even know about Kyler Murray's status. He's dealing with that hamstring injury as well. So a lot of quarterback situations. Questions of the QBs one. right now. Yeah, seriously. Let's get healthy out there. Kelly, great stuff by you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Time for one more thing. It is slowly becoming my favorite thing that we do. Not because that means the show's almost over, but because I can probably grab some lunch. Judy, you lead us off. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bucks assistant coach Tom Moore, who turned 84 years wow. old this week. That's right. He's still an assistant coach at age 84. There was a video on the Bucks website that Vita Vea took of Tom Moore in the cafeteria. He wished him a happy birthday. He has coached everybody from Peyton Manning to Lynn Swan to Barry Sanders and is one of my very favorite people in the NFL. Very cool. Ian? If you go to America's Best Racing Horse Racing Outfit, you will see they have now announced their 2022 Fan Choice Awards Top Racetrack Threads. There's the Rappaport family. Vote for me. It's simple. Just log on and vote. Give me all the votes. Don't I, vote for Joey. I Manning. love it. You, your boys are adorable, by the way. Take after mom. Kayla? All right. How do you top this? Well, I'll try here. Congratulations to the Matthews family. That's right. Falcons left tackle Jake Matthews and his wife, Meggie, just had their firstborn child. Beckett is his name. And Jake actually left Charlotte prior to the Thursday night football game, went to Atlanta, 
came back as a dad. So what better way? Yeah, that's amazing, right? We, we will definitely take that. All right, kind of a cool milestone. My one more thing, Cardinals and Rams. First time we will experience this. You got uh, Asian American players on both sides of the field and an official Kyler Murray, Lucky Fotu, Taylor Rapp, and Low Van Fam will be officiating. I absolutely love it. I get fired up for stuff like that. Thanks so much for watching, guys. That's awesome. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.